Hello, everyone. We are adding this in as a pickup due to recent events. On December 19th, JK Rowling tweeted something explicitly transphobic. She has, in the past, liked and followed transphobic accounts, but this is the first instance of outright and spoken transphobia. We have been aware of her underlying transphobia for some time, and this quote-unquote outlook of hers is one of the many reasons we are torn about this series and its author. And we just want to come out and say we do not agree with her. Uh, she is a transphobe and a turf, and we are not okay with this. We have been pretty positive on Harry Potter lately on this podcast, but it would be irresponsible of us to try and completely divorce the work from the opinions of the person who created and still continues to create it. So as a podcast and as people, we just want to say we explicitly support trans and non-binary people. And we want to affirm that trans women are women, trans men are men, non-binary folks are non-binary, and we do recognize that trans women are disproportionately hurt by rhetoric like this. The Harry Potter Alliance and the podcast Harry Potter and the Sacred Text and the wizard rock band Harry and the Potters along with many other authors and other organizations have issued statements of support for the trans and non-binary community, and we would like to lend our voices to that movement. The Harry Potter fandom has taken a story that we have always interpreted as one of love and compassion and understanding and built a community of support and trust through it where everyone is welcome. This community is not going to end because the author of the original text is a bad person. We as a fandom will move forward, even if it is difficult to reconcile these things. Going forward, we will continue to both criticize the author and the parts of the books which are bad, as well as continue to be nostalgic for the series and really positive on the fandom and the parts we're fond of. The episode you are about to hear is fairly positive. We recorded it before the events of December 19th. But thank you for being part of our community. You are all welcome here. Welcome to Potternot, a podcast for those with conflicted Harry Potter feelings and those who have absorbed Harry Potter and want to dive into the good and the bad. I am E, my pronouns are they, she, and I'm a maybe future fan. I'm Adela, a fan in crisis, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Zoe, she, her, and I'm a jaded fan. Um, we finished book one. We're finishing book one. We did it. That's, it's kind of amazing. Just to be clear about it, we're reading uh, the last three chapters, The Forbidden Forest, Through the Trapdoor, and The Man with Two Faces. I guess before we get into specifics, uh, E, what'd you think? I was surprised. Surprised by how many things? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll say in general, and we'll get into specifics very soon, but... I will say in general that I was surprised at the caliber of, like, narrative writing mm. that the end of this book is. Like, I was... It, it, it was a pleasant surprise how good the end of this book was. Okay, we're continuing in the positive writing trend. Yeah, yeah, like, I started this book very lukewarm on the sort of plot 
uh, the quality of the plot, and I've ended it um, very pleased. Yay. That's great. Yeah. A lot happens so fast. <laughs> With a lot of lore. Yeah. Um, you find out a lot of secrets kind of all at once. Yeah, things escalate very fast. We pick up from the cliffhanger. Yeah, so the cliffhanger is they've gotten caught um, sneaking back from the dragon rendezvous. Filch catches them. And not just Harry and Hermione, unfortunately. Yeah. Or Neville. Neville is there, and Draco is also there. He also gets detention with them. Is McGonagall, like, in charge of discipline, generally? Or was she just the nearest available She's faculty She's the member? head of Gryffindor House, and any teacher can take points. Okay. Any teacher can take points, and any teacher can give detention. But they get disciplined by her specifically because they're all Gryffindor. And because she was the one that caught them, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think they would have been disciplined by anybody who caught them. Well, Filch caught them. Oh, yeah, that's true. Filch cannot take points. Yes. And he cannot give punishments. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. Filch just brings them to McGonagall. He can actually do detentions. He just doesn't in this case, because in the future he does detentions, but... It's kind of a sad moment, because... Neville believes he's been tricked by Harry and Hermione. Mm -hmm. And Harry's like trying to, with his eyes and not out loud, explain that that's not true. Um, unfortunately, that's not how communication usually works in a complex <laughs> circumstance. <laughs> a lot of things are happening here. McGonagall makes an incorrect assumption about what's going on. Yeah. Um, which fools Neville into, like, tricks Neville into thinking that he's been duped. Then he feels bad. Harry's feeling bad just because of like being yelled at Hermione is is subdued they lose 150 points from Gryffindor and 50 from Slytherin and everybody hates them especially yes. Harry because they loved him the most so now they hate him the most right Harry <laughs> Harry milkshake ducks <laughs> <laughs> for Gryffindor yeah <laughs> it's really quite sad uh the like next few pages are a lot of like Social isolation. Yeah, like, Neville is... Neville is devastated. Mm -hmm. He stays like, up all night sobbing. Yeah, like, all of Gryffindor hates them. Harry offers to quit playing Quidditch. One of his favorite things in the world. And, like, Oliver Wood has the good point of, like, this is the only way to make up those house points. Clearly Oliver is also mad at Harry. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Hermione doesn't speak up in class. And even when, like, they have the opportunity to learn more, like, Harry catches Quirrell, what he thinks is being threatened by possibly Snape, he, like, gets interested and then immediately makes himself not care because he can't afford to lose more house points, basically. So, before we go, like, to the next part, this was, a, this was the, one of the first things that surprised me. Because I had the sort of cultural assumption that the points were like a, a frivolous thing. I did not know that they, they mattered. A big deal to the kids. They don't matter that much in like an academic, they don't matter at all in an academic sense. They just matter to the kids a lot. I mean, clearly they matter somewhat. They matter in terms of like the interhouse competition. And the 
Quidditch teams because the Quidditch scores are points. Right. But other than like House Pride, they don't matter. Yeah. But clearly House Pride matters a lot. Quite a lot, yeah. Um, so that surprised me. Like I I didn't expect that that like docking points was such a significant punishment in the eyes of the students. Yeah, that was a thing I noticed on this. Well, I I I'm sure I noticed before, but like that between this chapter and then the last or this chapter and the no, between the beginning and end of this chapter. <laughs> um, it goes fast. It goes from them being like devastated for losing points to Harry being like points don't matter. This is a life or death situation. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's just I mean we can jump into the Forbidden Forest at this point. That's their punishment yeah. is they're they're going with Hagrid to the Forbidden Forest. Wait, can I just ask one thing about Filch before oh, yeah, we yeah, go yeah. into the forest? Um how old do you think he is? I think he's probably the same age as McGonagall. Yeah, I was also going to say Does that like, mean that elderly? it wasn't that long ago that they stopped using corporeal punishment at Hogwarts? Because he remembers yeah. it. So, hmm. so Filch has a line. Oh, oh boy, yes. does he. Hard work and pain are the best teachers, if you ask me. It's just a pity they let the old punishments die out. Hang you by your wrists from the ceiling for a few days. I've got the chains still in my office. Keep them well oiled in case they're ever needed. Right, off we go. He he did that in the past. In the not very long ago yeah. past. Unless he's like as old as Dumbledore, but even so. <laughs> so I actually was unsure if he had done it or if he knew that it had been done. And had mm. just like collected yeah. the supplies for it just in case. Yeah, because you see this in book two. And, like, everything's there, and he's submitted orders for it many times, but like, it's never true. been filled. I think he's just a fan of it. Yeah, he's super messed it up. It still means that at some point in time it was done. Yes. Oh, god, yeah. I mean, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, given Hogwarts's age, like, boarding school They thing. are children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they- <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good thing, I'm saying that this is what happens in boarding school stories. Yeah. yeah. Boy. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot. It's certainly a lot. Yeah, so instead of being being hung in a dungeon, all they do is get sent into a forest to almost die. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. One of my notes this I have is... written down is from when Hagrid was explaining like what they're doing. And I paraphrased it to Okay kids, let's follow this blood trail through the dark forest. Oh by the way, we might have to euthanize a unicorn tonight. Yeah. Yep. But it's fine, and you're 11, and it's fine. Yeah, it's fine, and I'm going to split up half of you to just go on your own with a dog. Who is a coward? Yeah. Who is a coward? You don't actually get as much Malfoy in this book as I remember there being. He's really much more prominent starting in book two. Uh, but I do quite enjoy the subtle characterization when he's like, well, I want Fang because he's looking at Fang's massive teeth. Yes. Like, he sees yeah. Hagrid, and he sees what he considers to be, like, an idiot because... Hagrid is large. Yeah, the Hagrid-Malfoy interaction here is very good. I was pleasantly surprised to see those two characters interact. Hold that thought. There will be a... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's... This is, like, genuinely a scary situation. Yeah, this is deeply frightening. Even going into a regular forest is scary for children at night. Oh, I saved a post that I reblogged so many times without realizing how many... Like, I was looking through my Dumbledore tag, and I reblogged this post, like, 
10 times because it's a good post. But it's relevant to the points and relevant to the Forbidden Forest thing. If anyone would like to read it out loud. I shall. (laughs) Oh, yes, I've seen this one. Dumbledore, the dark forest is forbidden to all students, except for detention, where you will be forced to enter when it is darkest and scariest. It makes so much sense. I'm so good at making rules. 50 points to Dumbledore. (laughs) Um, This is very similar to a line from Harry Potter musical. Mm -hmm. Yes, because he gives himself points in that. Uh, Yeah, it's great. It's very true. We get a return of Hagrid's written accent. Yeah. Still bad. Still bad. Still inconsistent. But you meet some new folks. Yeah. We meet some you centaurs. You think of the centaurs. Yeah, Ronan and Bane, and then a little while later you meet... Firenze, who is just named after the town of Florence in Italy. Yes. I did and not Ronin know that. And Ronan is a tree. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Firenze is the Italian name for Florence. I did not know that. Uh, I played too much Assassin's Creed. I've been um, there. <laughs> uh, not to Assassin's Creed, I've been to Florence. <laughs> <laughs> I have also been to Florence. I love the centaurs. They don't really come back... Until book three? Four? Um, yeah. And then also five. Do they come back in book three at all? No, I think it's five. Yeah, I don't think we book see them. five. We don't see them for a little while, but I love uh, the way that they're described here continues. I love their, like, philosophy and their superiority complex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a different take on centaurs. I mean, I guess the only other prominent piece of media I know centaurs from are um, Narnia and, like, mm-hmm. Percy Jackson, both of which are very different from this. And from each other, yeah. And from each other. It, so Bane walks in. Bane is, like, the less calm per- one centaur. Yeah. Bane walked over to stand next to Ronan. He looked skyward. Mars is bright tonight, he said simply. We've heard, said Hagrid grumpily. <laughs> <laughs> they also, all yeah. three of them have such distinct personalities already yes. without Immediate. very much dialogue happening. Yeah. I do enjoy, so this is one of those things that like, reading a lot of Harry Draco fic will make you <laughs> think that different things happened in the books than they did, which is very funny to me. As all fan fiction. As all fan fiction does. I, I really do enjoy when Harry and Malfoy are paired up though here. There's no fighting. They're just two very scared 11-year-olds walking through the forest with a big dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just the fact that, like, they don't have the time or the wherewithal to fight, even given all yeah. of their interactions so far, is really interesting to me. Yeah. Harry, like, he, like, does the mom arm to Malfoy. Yes. <laughs> he does. And then, like, Malfoy fucking flees for good reason, because Mysterious Thing is, is drinking unicorn blood, which yeah. is bad. Mysterious figure shows up to drink the unicorn's blood, which is gross and terrible. Yeah, and we learn exactly why it's terrible, too. Um, yeah. That conversation with Firenze is good. It's yeah. good, and it's also a really just massive lore dump. Yeah, yeah lots of lore, very fast. <laughs> but I like how it's not just him saying it, it's him, like, helping Harry figure it out. I'm comfortable spoiling how Firenze comes back. Do you think that's sure. okay, Adela? Yeah. Uh, Firenze comes back as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this sort of, like, it is consistent characterization here. He's good at that. He's good at helping... Well, he comes back as a divination teacher, which is a different sort of situation. Um, (laughs) Why do the centaurs know that the Philosopher's Stone is in Hogwarts? Because they've read it in the stars. Okay. That's the answer. (laughs) Do you think... Here's a thing that I thought, Zoe, for the first time. Okay. Let me see if I can find the part where they're talking about it. I just realized that 
Draco and Fang don't meet up with Harry, Hermione, and Hagrid again. Like, they've just bolted completely. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, the assumption is that they've gone back to Hagrid's house. Yeah. I guess Fang knows his way there. Okay, so when uh, Firenze has Harry on his back and the mm-hmm. other centaurs appear and they're mad, and Bane says, what have you been telling him? Remember, Firenze, we are, we are sworn not to set ourselves against the heavens. Have we not read what is to come in the movements of the planets? Yeah. Zoe, do you think they have read as far as the entire story? Yes. Okay. This is the first time that I was thinking, I don't think they have details. No. But I think they know the prophecy. God, I don't know how to... They know of it. um, Adela, I'm going to... Do you want just me to just DM log off for a moment? <laughs> no, because then you have to listen to this episode later. Uh, Adela, I'm literally going to DM you what I think. Um, okay. Okay. Here you are. Uh, yes, that's exactly what I was. That's exactly what I meant. They think that it's like now. Yeah. 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 Excellent. So we're on the same page, but they don't know. <laughs> I can't wait for everybody to eventually. <laughs> this is perfect audio content. Uh, you know. Uh, yes, I think they know the big movements. I think they yes. know the big points um and i think they know what eventually happens and i don't think they know when it happens and they think it is going to happen now because they know what is happening yes the current yes yeah yeah excellent glad we (laughs) vagued our way to that one um i think that some of them are like i think the reason that frenze ends up being a teacher at hogwarts is because he's better at reading the stars than the others perhaps Mm. because he says do you not see that unicorn do you not understand why it was killed or have the planets not let you in on that secret? I set myself against what is lurking in this forest vein. Yes, with humans alongside me, if I must. That's planting the seeds of everything that happens with him later. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that that's really an important line when you consider like what and how the centaurs know what they know. In that he is either better at divination than the rest of the centaurs. Or is more cautious. Yes, that. And I also feel like... It's that he interprets it. I don't think it's that he interprets it differently. It's that he recognizes that it will affect the whole world and not just yeah. and that they can't stay isolated from it. Whereas the other centaurs are like, oh, we'll just be fine on our own over here in the forest. Bane in particular is an isolationist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which you find out later. That's a theme that's that comes up a lot in like fantasy and sci-fi where knowing what's to come becomes this philosophical issue where it's like if you know what's going to happen what do you do about that can you or should you or must you and like you see the two sides of the conversation here which is frenze is saying like we should and therefore i must and bane and ronan are saying we can't and therefore we won't which is interesting harry puts together the clues he figures out what's actually in the forest he figures out frenze does the really good like teacher thing of like asking the right leading questions yes can you think of nobody who has waited many years to return to power who has clung to life awaiting their chance it was as though an iron fist had clenched suddenly around harry's heart yeah harry puts it together detective harry is back at it again and we got the nice big lore dump about what unicorn blood does a side note yeah how does one get a unicorn's horn without killing him i think Uh, they shed them it says no I think it also said late at some point that they shed them. Is that not true? Yeah, I think in book five when you meet the baby. Um, but yes, also natural death. Yeah, natural death and shedding. Okay, because obviously you can get tail hair. Yes. Like humanly. The, well, that usually, usually 
Hagrid just gathers that from like the branches and stuff. <laughs> Things that yeah, like it sheds it or it falls off. Yeah, yeah, and then the golden trio are like up all night puzzling things out. Ron is so afraid of Harry, who keeps saying the name. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So we're in through the trap door now. I just want to the very last part of Forbidden Forest. When Harry pulled back his sheets, he found the invisibility cloak folded underneath them. There was a mm-hmm. note pinned to it, just in case. Yes. I have always wondered, just in case of what, Dumbledore? Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Just in case of fucking what? Yeah. Yeah. So, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. I'm gonna have, I have thoughts. They have a conversation about that in the hospital wing later, which is where I'd like to talk about it more. Yeah, I have thoughts. We'll get there. And yes, just in case is written in the font, in the typeface that they chose for Dumbledore's handwriting, which we will, again, tweet out all of that um, when we, after we release this episode. Yeah, through the Uh... trap door. Yeah. Exams. The trap door. They have their exams. Uh, e, how did this make you feel while reading it during exams? <laughs> so, I mean, we talked last time about how British and American exams differ. So mm-hmm. I don't have a ton of, like, familiarity with this particular type of exam stress. I think it's very funny, the descriptions of what they were supposed to do. <laughs> Especially uh, McGonagall giving points yes. for how pretty they made a snuff box. <laughs> These two sentences are so good. They had practical exams as well. Professor Flitwick called them up one by one into his class to see if they could make a pineapple tap dance across a desk. <laughs> Professor McGonagall watched them turn a mouse into a snuff box. Points were given for how pretty the snuff box was, but taken away if it had whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me, uh, a listener on Discord, uh, we do not have a Discord, but a listener on a Discord in which I'm also a part, uh, let me know that their family is also Scottish Presbyterian and like Scottish Presbyterianism in the particular time that McGonagall would have been growing up would have been very, very, very old-fashioned off the grid. So okay, cool. interesting. Good to know. Good to know. Speaking of McGonagall, thank you. Yeah, they make it through exams. So here's just a fun fact about my brain. Um, <laughs> in this reread, it was the first time I remembered that the giant squid is a squid, not an octopus, because in my head it was always an octopus. <laughs> yeah, in my head it's always an octopus. Anyway, I know it's a squid, but I, it, I always imagine it to be an octopus. <laughs> like even when it describes squid tentacles, I'm like, oh, it's an octopus. Nope. <laughs> Big, massive squid. That means it's got that, like, weird arrow-shaped top of the body. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, like, totally readjust my whole brain because I just, like, read that and I was like, oh. Also a freshwater squid? Freshwater squid, yeah. I was watching Blue Planet 2 the other day and there was a great shot of, from the episode The Deep, Um, there was a great shot of, like, the camera that's on the outside of the submersible that they're filming from of just, like, a squid coming and attacking the camera, and it is genuinely terrifying. So um, that's what I had uh, picturing in my head when I read the sentence, the Weasley twins and Lee Jordan were tickling the tentacles of the giant squid, which was basking in the warm (laughs) shallows. Yeah, the the squid seems very friendly throughout the books, whenever it appears. It's always friendly. It absolutely does. Detective Harry figures out another thing. He's back again. He's back again. He figures out that Hagrid was given the dragon egg on purpose. And tricked while drunken in, well, maybe not drunk, but like Uh, Harry says drunk. He assumes that Hagrid was drunk. And Hagrid also said he was being given drinks the whole time. He kept buying my drinks. Yeah, so Hagrid gave away how to get past Fluffy. Fluffy's a piece of cake. If you know how to calm him down, just play a bit of music and he'll go straight off to sleep. Not even gonna attempt the written accent. Yeah, don't bother. Good idea. <laughs> Harry has like put all the pieces together. What, what he thinks is all the pieces, and then they rush inside and realize they don't know where Dumbledore's office is, which, which is a great yeah. moment. <laughs> and then they find the last piece, which is Dumbledore has been yeah. distracted. And then on page one ninety six in the British edition, 
uh, we have, I think, the debut of Yelly Harry. I think it's the first all caps Harry, which is him yelling. <laughs> so what? Yeah, it's page 270 in the American edition. Harry has a lot of feelings and he thinks he, he has does. to fix every problem that exists and he's not very good at asking for help and he yells about it. This paragraph is like in the same way that in an earlier chapter when it said Harry did something very brave and very stupid it was like aha mm -hmm. this is mm -hmm. Harry. This paragraph is also extremely Harry. Although just before this they do try and get McGonagall's help. They do. And McGonagall's like no the stone is protected I don't know how you know about this but like don't fucking go near it. Which is probably the right answer yeah <laughs> so what harry shouted don't you understand if snape gets a hold of the stone voldemort's coming back haven't you heard what it was like when he was trying to take over there won't be any hogwarts to get expelled from he'll flatten it or turn it into a school for the dark arts losing points doesn't matter anymore can't you see do you think he'll leave you and your families alone if gryffindor wins the house cup if i get caught before i can get to the stone well i'll have to go back to the dursleys and wait for voldemort to find me there it's only dying a bit later than i would have because i'm never going to the dark side I'm going through that trapdoor tonight and nothing you two say is going to stop me. Voldemort killed my parents, remember? Yeah. Like, every trope about Harry is yep. in this paragraph. Yes. For Harry, the stakes are... So high. So high. So personal. Yeah. And then we have, which is reflected throughout the books of Ron and Hermione being like, well, duh, we're coming with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Harry never expects them to. I love it. My favorite line, potentially in the whole book. Not if I can help it, said Hermione grimly. Flitwick told me in secret that I got 112% on his exam. They're not throwing me out after that. Hell yeah. You go, girl. I love, love her. Her. <laughs> Which implies to me that Flitwick is the type of teacher whose exams are so bad that half of it is extra credit points <laughs> for people who can't get enough points on the extra exam. And That's then there's Hermione. Right. Unless, unless she just answered every question way more than she needed to and he just decided to give her extra points. Also <laughs> extremely possible because yeah. it is Hermione that we're talking about here, right? Like that is... And Flitwick is... I feel like that would fit with Flitwick as well. <laughs> he loves his students. Flitwick yeah. really does. There's a couple of really great moments in the very final part of book seven that involve Flitwick. And they're like tiny, tiny moments, but they stick mm -hmm. in my head so strongly. And E, I can't wait for you to read them. <laughs> <laughs> Flitwick is a good teacher. He's a really good teacher. Charms is always the class that I've been like, that's the class I would love the most, yeah. I think. Um, uh, okay. Can we talk about Neville? Can we yeah. talk about Neville? Neville! This scene is so much. Neville has had nothing but a bad time this entire book. He did very well on his herbology exams. And probably had a good time in herbology classes. <laughs> yeah. Other than that. He is constantly, like, getting the short end of everything. He stands up for himself so beautifully here, though. He does. Ron says, don't be an idiot. And Neville says, don't you call me an idiot. Yeah, and it's like, don't you call me an idiot. Yeah. Everyone because else Because Ron does. was the yeah. one, wasn't Ron specifically the one that was... You're worth 12 of Malfoy. Yeah. He's such a good kid. And, like McGonagall, he is right. Oh god, yeah, he is. <laughs> of course he is. Um, McGonagall doesn't know very much of the context, but Neville knows even less of the context of why they're going yeah. out. Yeah. If Harry were not the main character of a young adult fiction book, everyone would be right about this. <laughs> yeah. Like, you are 11 mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. You should not be doing this. You should be staying in your dorm where it is safe. Where you're not fucking things up for everybody else. Um, Harry does a really good thing, just like really smart 
leap of logic regarding the Bloody Baron. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that moment. This is like a tiny moment that is sort of hinted at earlier in the book. I think it's Percy. Somebody mentions that the only person that Peeves listens to is the Bloody Baron. And Harry being vaguely a steel trap when he wants to be, uh, remembers that. And (laughs) he tricks Peeves. Yeah. Yeah. Harry's a smart boy. Sometimes. (laughs) there's so many great harry moments here because they're talking about who's gonna drop down first but harry who was still playing the flute waved at ron to get his attention and pointed himself you want to go first are you sure said ron yeah of course he fucking wants to go first this is harry yeah he wants to go first (laughs) he's got a saving people thing boy does he is that from a fic or is that from that is the from books? the books? Okay, because it definitely comes up in fix all the time. But um, <laughs> Harry definitely has a saving people thing. That's for damn sure. It's in book five that I'm pretty sure Hermione says it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they jump through the trapdoor. Yeah, they do. And fall an inexplicably long way. Yeah, and they land on a big plant. Yeah, some distance where landing on a plant is still non-lethal. It's a magic plant. <laughs> um, clearly <laughs> because the plant is trying to eat them so uh, here's an editing error that I've always loved to point out Oh, oh. so they're talking about how to make the devil snare go away and Harry says so light a fire and then Hermione says yes of course but there's no wood and Ron bellows have you gone mad are you a witch or not oh right said Hermione she whipped out her wand blah 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 I know what you're going to say. Yep. Lucky you pay attention in Herbology, Hermione, said Harry as he joined her by the wall, wiping sweat off his face. Yeah, said Ron. And lucky Harry doesn't lose his head in a crisis. There's no wood, honestly. It's Ron who says, yes, magic. It should be the opposite. Ron saying the first line and Harry saying the second line. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So that's Professor Sprout because each professor has done something. And then we get to Flitwick. Well, each of the house heads plus... Uh, defense against the dark the defense arts. against the dark arts. Sprout is which house? Head head of Hufflepuff. Yeah, okay. she teaches herbology and is head of Hufflepuff. Which I don't think we see any herbology classes in this book, but we will no. in the future, in the next book, very soon. Yes. Yeah. Bird keys. You. Somebody was asking. E. You must have been asking about flying. No, we were talking about brooms and like qualities yes. of brooms. Okay. And, so like, we were talking oh. amongst friends. We were talking about whether or not flying is genetic. Flying skills oh, are genetic. Yeah. And whether or not, as a capitalistic sport, Quidditch is dependent on the quality of the broom. Yeah, I think we compared Quidditch to, like, professional racing. Yeah. Where it's so much more about the quality of your car than the driver. And then I made the counter-argument that it's probably more like running, where the shoe that you wear gives you a boost. There is scientific evidence to prove that. But if you don't have the natural athleticism to run you're not going to be a great runner and in this scene harry is riding a very old school broom and he does just fine which points to my theory rather than the car theory but harry who is the youngest seeker in a generation catches this this bird key which is like very cool spell very cool good job Um, and then we get to uh as he says (laughs) chess grandmaster ron i love this i love this i really like the plot thread in this book that is ron is good at chess Mm -hmm. which by the way indicates the type of intelligence that he has right like yeah yeah. tactics (laughs) yeah he's good at tactics which he's a really tactical thinker and it's great including in this scene realizing like the value of tactical sacrifice yes which is not something you expect from a child and it tells you exactly how good he is at chess high level chess play that's what it is he also 
plays a full game. This is not one of those 12 second chess games that you mm-hmm. hear about, like chess grandmaster tournaments or whatever. He says, you know, like, uh, twice Ron only just noticed in time that Harry and Hermione were in danger. He himself darted around the board, taking almost as many white pieces as they had lost black ones. Like, that's a long game. A full mm-hmm. chess game by by skilled players can take hours. Yeah, and yeah. you have to think that this is at least an hour, right? And the fact that at the end, it's not a check, it's a checkmate. Ron wins this game. I know this comes back later, but you have to assume that although these are transfigured by Professor McGonagall, they probably have her chess skills. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ron beat professor mcgonagall in chess yeah Yeah. (laughs) like that's awesome i I love this it is so good it's genuinely a great moment for ron when he says you know you've got to make some sacrifices i take one step forward and she'll take me and that leaves you free to checkmate the king harry and also like what a gruesome like it's one sentence but when the queen pounced she struck ron hard across the head with her stone arm and he crashed to the floor jesus yeah yeah they make it slightly uh less stressful in the movie in that they go and look at it like see him pretty much right away so they know that he's just unconscious but in this they just keep going because they don't think that they can stop so they're they don't know if he's okay. Yeah, and they don't they just they can't check on him before. So for all Harry and Hermione know Ron might have just died. Yeah. Which is... And Harry's trying to convince himself that Ron's gonna be, like, it's... Yeah, it's a really hard moment, but it's also, like, an incredibly well-done moment. It is a really good moment. And then they don't have to fight the troll, which is great, because we've already read one of those. Um, And then the logic puzzle that I have never been able to solve. I will be honest, I did not try. I think I have tried in the past, but not very hard. It's that kind of, like logic puzzle you find in a book where it's like if the man with the red hat lives in the greenhouse and the blue right. man lives next to the red man if you draw it out and like do a bunch of arrows and stuff while you're reading it and try you could probably figure it out <laughs> which is probably what Hermione's doing in her head yeah yeah <laughs> I expect that it does make sense like if yes. you play this out I think this becomes more clear later in the books when you see like more interaction between Snape and Hermione basically but I find it fascinating how similarly the two of them think. Because this shows that not only is Snape, like, excellent at potion making, which is the thing that he teaches, but he's also... He's logical. This is probably the one that genuinely would stump most people, Mm because Hermione is right. This isn't magic, it's logic. A puzzle. A lot of the greatest wizards haven't gotten an ounce of logic. They'd be stuck in here forever. Like, we have seen, like, explicitly throughout this book that the wizarding world is illogical. Yeah. I was just going to say this conversation between them at the end is really is really yeah. sweet but we'll I, I yeah. realize that that was later after we no but I mean like that's what it is I mean like Hermione solves it and we can jump straight to that conversation Hermione's lip trembled she suddenly dashed at Harry and threw her arms this happens a lot and yeah. threw yeah. her arms around him she's a very big hugger books and cleverness there are more important things friendship and bravery oh Harry be careful books and cleverness literally just got you through this puzzle yeah Hermione yeah you smart Give yourself credit. I just had a thought. Yeah, have a thought. Earlier in this chapter, she is very confident about her intelligence when she says that she got 112% on her exam and that she will yeah. not be kicked out because of that. But now when she's in a crisis, she's not as confident about her own mm-hmm. intellect. I mean, she's confident about the puzzle. Yes, but she doesn't think that it is valuable in this context or in a yeah. in danger. It's definitely a contextual thing. And, and she goes back. Yeah, she goes back to help Ron. And to go and attempt to contact Dumbledore. <laughs> go get an adult, please. <laughs> please, no Hermione, get an adult. 
Is this where we begin? That's a fucking brilliant twist. Yeah, then we begin the last chapter. Um, the man with two faces. Yes, I was live blogging this read through to Zoe and Adela, and this is the point where I just go, ooh, (laughs) because the author genuinely surprised me with the twist in this chapter, um, which is that Quirrell slash Voldemort taking over Quirrell has been the architect of all of this. Yes. And not Snape. So, okay. Here's what I was expecting the end of yeah. this book to be. I knew, okay, I knew that Quirrell, I knew the Two Faces thing. I knew that Quirrell was, like, hosting. When um, did you figure that out? No, I just knew that. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is something that I, that Wait, I knew. There's your cultural osmosis kicking in. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Probably from a very Potter musical. Yeah, well, that'll do it. Because <laughs> they, they do that. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So what I was expecting was that Voldemort was manipulating both Quirrell and Snape, but that Quirrell had more, like, agency to resist, and so Snape was the primary, like... Huh. I, I, I had suspected that Snape was being manipulated also, and that, and that we would get, like, redemption arc for Snape. Now? No, not redemption arc, but, like, that he would be, like, I don't know, thwarted by this and still be under suspicion. Because, like, obviously we still get, like, he hates Harry and whatever. Yes. But I expected okay, so that he was legitimately part of this. I'm confused. What was the, what was the twist that you were yelling about then? Because I thought it was the Quirrell thing. No, it is. It is. So the twist was... Finding out that Quirrell was behind everything. Yes. And okay. not just being used. And that Snape was, was trying to specifically against him. this rather than yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. That was the twist. Interesting. Cool. Interesting. Which is very well executed. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I find it very funny that Quirrell's strip smells so funny. Because <laughs> it means that Voldemort smells funny. This has always made me laugh. <laughs> Also, in the chapter with all the snow, Fred and George charmed from some snowballs to keep bouncing off of the back of Quirrell's turban. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which means that they have been hitting Voldemort in the face with snowballs. Yes. And that is great. That is very good. <laughs> I have always enjoyed that. <laughs> I have one thing that I wrote down about this very beginning of this chapter, which is just the classic villain expository speech. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Villain which is a thing that she who must not be named does a lot. Yes. But I don't actually mind it for a specific reason that I can't say because of spoilers. But like it gets reflected at one point is the thing that I like. Yes. If that makes sense. Does that make sense, Zoe? <laughs> yes. It's basically the author through Quirrell unpacking like here's what you thought was going on here's what was actually going on which I will say I'll have to reread this uh, between now and when we do our recap to Mm -hmm. see like if it is foreshadowed because I feel like this twist is not foreshadowed and that may may be part of what makes it effective okay I'm (laughs) interested to see uh what you think about that yeah yeah I think it is foreshadowed but (laughs) I've also read it 25 million times (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that I can... I'm genuinely interested because I don't think I can separate what I already know. Yeah, I did not go back to any of the scenes. Yeah, I, I didn't go back this time. Yeah, Quirrell is um, kind of interesting, 
guess. The page that she's written is pretty short and explains sort of exactly what happens. And then at the end gives an actual what I wanted, which is just like how she picked his name because it's kind of interesting. <laughs> which is, we're sensing a theme. Yeah, there's not much substance to the stuff about Quirrell. This is sort of a Wikipedia page. The most interesting thing to me in this page is that Quirrell wanted to destroy Voldemort. He did not want to yes, that is... be subjugated by him. Yes, I had always assumed that he ran into Voldemort by accident and it just like was misfortune. But this is yeah. that he did this on purpose. Yeah. He didn't want to take down Voldemort. He just wanted to be powerful. But you know what I mean? Yeah. He wanted to learn from Voldemort. Yeah. Um, what I said way back when we read the... Diagon Alley? Leaky Cauldron. Oh, yeah. yeah Diagon Alley mm-hmm. chapter. And I said I wanted to talk about that scene. Yeah. He is not wearing the turban in that scene. He is in the movie. But in the book, it doesn't describe him as wearing a turban. And it says at the opening feast, he's wearing he was a wearing turban. a turban. It's kind of like, for some reason, he's wearing a turban. And Harry's like, what? what's up with yeah. that? Um, so that means that he wasn't wearing it there, which means that he didn't have Voldemort on the back of his head yet, which means that this thing happened in between oh, interesting. that scene yeah. and the start of the year. I think it's implied that he has already met Voldemort m- multiple times I think because he's, he's met on him, but the Voldemort. way to try and yeah. get the Sorcerer's Philosopher's Stone. Oh, I think this gets exposed later, I remember. It says here, he does not forgive mistakes easily. When I failed to steal the stone from Gringotts, he was most displeased. He punished me, decided he would have to keep a closer watch on me. Right. Which is when essentially Voldemort's like, scooch over, I'm moving in. So that is the thing that happened in between those two I've just remembered why you would know this from Very Potter Musical, and it's because they're shoved into the same set of rows. Yes. I have a link to that video open right now so that we can watch it after we're done this recording. Because it's great. It's wonderful. (laughs) The Quirrell Voldemort thing in Very Potter Musical is so funny. funny to me. It's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Um, And then we get to the reason that he is named Quirrell, because this is actually the uh, interesting part of this page. Uh, Quirinius was a Roman god about whom there is not much information, although he is commonly associated with war. Quirrell, which is also so nearly squirrel, small, cute, and harmless, also suggested quiver, a nod to the character's innate nervousness. Fantastic. Yeah. Neat. Last two things are, I kind of like, I kind of figured that out myself from reading it, but... Let's talk about how Kahari definitely just straight up murders a dude. Yeah, so... Quirrell has the mirror of said. This is Dumbledore's trick. Which Dumbledore has... One of his has... cleverer spells, if he does say so himself. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and because Harry is so good and pure, he has changed what he wants most in life. And what he wants most mm-hmm. anything in the world right now is to find the stone before Quirrell. And because he doesn't want to use it, he just wants to find it. He gets it. Right. We, we hear from Dumbledore later that that was the like condition that he set up. Yeah. Zoe, you wanted to say something about this, about what if Harry hadn't gone? Yes, yes. Yeah, so this is what I wanted to return to. (laughs) Nothing would have happened. The stone would have stayed in the mirror. They would have broken the mirror and it would have... Yeah, there's no way that Quirrell and and Voldemort would have been able to figure that out. Even if they could, they wouldn't be able to get it out. If Harry had followed the instructions of the... people in his life and not done this then he wouldn't be a murderer and the book would have had a very not interesting ending (laughs) i think voldemort is the murderer here harry's just trying to get this self-defense person off of him who's trying to kill him no he straight up leaps for coral's face that's true he goes on the offensive once he realizes that like the the skin thing yeah it's not like Super body horror. Both the like two faces they make it on one head. Much body horror in the movies by making Good. it not blisters. It's like 
like ash or... yeah he just turns into ash but like both having like two faces on one person and like your skin yeah. burns off when it gets touched like yeah, there's a lot happening and Dumbledore saves the day. I just want to emphasize the fact that Harry killed somebody. I just, I think that's, you know. Yes. Not on purpose, but um, he did, he did murder and a dude. So. Never yes. deals with that or thinks about it again. <laughs> if he had followed directions, then Coral would have been arrested and everything would have gone to shit because Voldemort would still be on the back of his head. So like, to be fair, <laughs> Harry did do sort of the right thing here, but. Also like, despite not cottoning on quite as fast as Harry did. Dumbledore, like, had this covered. Yeah, he did. He didn't need Hedwig to let him know that he needed to come back to Hogwarts. Yeah, he was yeah. already he was already back by the time Hermione sent Hedwig. And then we get to... And we have a whole bunch of famous Dumbledore quotes. So many. Yes. So we get, we get the very quick denouement. <laughs> Which is, like, three pages. It really is so short. Harry is recovering in the hospital wing and Dumbledore and him have a long conversation. Which is less of a lore dump than it could have been. We do learn about the lore of love magic. We also learn that Nicholas Flamel about to die. That they have destroyed the Philosopher's Stone. Well, they're going to. Yeah. Uh, to the well-organized well organi <laughs> <laughs> To the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. And I was thinking when I was reading it this time that Dumbledore has a very organized mind. He compartmentalizes a lot. I would argue that he has a very repressed mind, but I see what you're saying. I mean that he specifically puts his thoughts and feelings in boxes in and then buries boxes. Them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would call that repression. He would call it well organized. Yes, he would. He absolutely does. Both Dumbledore here and the Pottermore page say that Voldemort leaves Quirrell to die. To me, that made it seem like Harry didn't. Yeah, he brought Quirrell to like the brink of death. Yeah, yeah, and also he was the reason why it hurt Quirrell was because of Voldemort being in Quirrell's body. So it was yes. really Voldemort that he was hurting. Quirrell was a collateral, which is still sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's not good, that's for sure. Harry wants to know about his mom and doesn't get to know. But does get to know that the reason that he can't touch Voldemort, which is why there's a very famous line later in the series that I find very funny, um, but the reason that Voldemort can't touch him is because Harry is protected by love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which we later learn is like a, an actual charm, not just like a vague philosophical <laughs> concept. The power of love. It's blood magic, basically. Yeah. Uh, this is a very funny line to me just because I know the history of how James Potter actually used his invisibility cloak, but useful <laughs> things. Your father used it mainly for sneaking off to the kitchens to steal food while he was here. Mm, did he? <laughs> we will learn. Can't wait to hear about whether that is true. Uh, then we have the scene of Ron and Hermione wait, wait. and Harry. Dumbledore eats a birdie flavor bean that's not toffee, it's earwax. Oh, there was another <laughs> thing that I was thinking, which is right before that. Yeah. On page 217 of the British edition, Harry starts crying and Dumbledore gives him a moment to yeah. like, yeah. but I was just thinking, what if Dumbledore didn't look away and put his hand on Harry's shoulder and said, it's okay to cry mm. because Harry does this a lot throughout the books where he'll start crying and he'll like avoid looking at people so that he can wipe his tears away. I feel like someone needs to tell him it's okay to cry. That would be nice. Yeah. 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 You're allowed to have feelings. 
No, this is the early 90s. You're not allowed to have feelings. You're allowed to be sad. Dang it. Unless you're Hermione, who cries a lot. and Neville cries at the end of this chapter. Neville cries. Yeah. Neville also cries a lot. Neville also yeah. cries a lot. Um, Malfoy cries. Yes, Malfoy cries, and that's very important. But Harry is the hero, and he's not allowed to cry. That's right. He's only allowed to cry a little bit. <laughs> yes. Harry fills in Ron and Hermione. It's very cute. And then and Hagrid shows up with an album of pictures of Harry's parents. Yes. Yeah. Do we want to discuss the conversation about Dumbledore's motives? No. That they have. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just... So, after this scene, I am still firmly on the side of Dumbledore is bad and I'm not saying that this is a good conversation. I'm just saying we should maybe talk about this conversation. Yeah. (laughs) So, we get Hermione and ron a little bit sort of being like yo what the hell dumbledore yeah and harry's like no it was good actually yeah which is i mean it's very in character you see the three kind of perspectives at the end right before the chapter or the break yeah which is hermione saying that would be like awful if he was planning this yeah and harry being like he's a funny man he gave me a chance he gave me a chance to be a hero or whatever and ron just being like he's fucking insane (laughs) But yeah. I love him anyway. Yeah. It's hard to reconcile my feelings about Dumbledore, like, if he were a real figure versus mm. this being a fantasy book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, as a fantasy book, Harry's right. Like, it was good for his development as the protagonist of this story. However, he is 11. Yeah, he's 11. He, this is child, like, not just neglect, but, like, endangerment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I don't know I don't know if I'm gonna get over that here's something that I'll say like when I was reading it all the way through the first time while I was waiting for like the books to come out um I loved Dumbledore and I didn't have a huge problem because I just like bought into the world and I was like yeah all right uh, in the way that I did have yeah. a huge problem with Snape I didn't have this huge problem with Dumbledore until book seven and then I like did a complete 180 and I was like yeah. fuck Dumbledore <laughs> that's kind of kind of me yeah a little bit except less of a less of a complete 180 but yes like i said i'm sort of of two minds like in the context of the world and the genre that this is and the story i'm fine with it yeah but yeah <laughs> yep yep and then hagrid comes and then hagrid comes <laughs> and gives harry the beautiful yeah mm-hmm. and we were talking way earlier about how harry doesn't have pictures of his parents he doesn't know what his parents look like and now he does now he does also <laughs> Another one of my favorite lines. Hagrid is super upset. And Harry is, like, trying to calm him down. Like, oh, it's not your fault. Like, this is Voldemort. And Hagrid's like, don't say the name. And Harry just screams, yep. <laughs> Voldemort. I've met him and I'm calling him by his name. Yeah. 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 Um, Which is very powerful statement. It's very, very good. Harry has learned to yell. And now he will continue to. Now he's going to yell all the time. <laughs> Harry is like a two-year-old who has just learned the power of yelling. Oh, I know how to all caps now? Okay. <laughs> I will now all caps all the time. Um, I, so I have distinct feelings about this whole points situation, <laughs> which is mostly that, like, I get it. But also it would have been much more interesting if it turns out that Slytherin had won at the end of this book instead of Gryffindor. 
Yeah, the whole thing about points don't matter. And, and then it turns like out that. that they fucking... Oh, I just... Yeah. I feel like it's Dumbledore trying to make Harry feel better. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but... Which works, but... And it does. Dumbledore makes this entire dramatic thing where he gives points to Ron, Hermione, and Harry, which brings them up to even with Slytherin. And then he gives points to Neville, and that... And that takes them over. Um, I would like to just very, very quickly read the, the four lines of reaction yeah. for each person. So Ron gets 50 points. Ron went purple in the face. He looked like a radish with a bad sunburn. <laughs> so good. And then Hermione gets points. Hermione buried her face in her arms. Harry strongly suspected she had burst into tears. And then Harry gets points and it's not, there is no great description for him. Harry doesn't get a reaction. He doesn't get a reaction, but Neville gets 10 points. Uh, Neville, white with shock, disappeared under a pile of people hugging him. He had never won so much as a point for Gryffindor before. I love Neville. Neville is good. And also, although I do love that Percy is like, that's my brother, he beat McGonagall's chest. I do love that. And at some point we're going to have to talk about (laughs) Percy. Um, that was yes, a request from a listener. Probably. We will have to talk about Percy. We will, we will be talking about yep. Percy. Don't worry. But there are all kinds of courage. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. I therefore award 10 points to Mr. Neville Longbottom. MVP. MVP. Uh, there's a, a tiny interaction between Harry and Snape, just like eye contact. It's a lot of interactions between Harry and Snape. <laughs> it's just <laughs> evil eyes. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. I still fucking hate you. Neville basically fails potions, but does really well in Herbology. Harry and Ron pass with good marks. Probably because of Hermione. Yeah, but also Harry's not stupid. No. Yeah. And neither, neither is Ron. Ron. They're both smart. They just don't like yes. doing homework. And then they make it back, and Ginny Weasley is reintroduced because she's about to star in book two. Harry gets to say hi to Mrs. Weasley, and then... And then he threatens to basically torture Dudley all summer, even though he's not allowed to. And then we will read about what that summer is actually. Yeah. And there ends book one. So that was book one. That's book one. How do you feel? Like I sort of said as we as we started, I am ending this book much more pleased with it than than we began. Yeah, and as Adela was saying, we are gonna have a wrap up episode. I will I will reread all of it now that I'm not reading at a snail's pace. <laughs> do not try to do that for every book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll reread all of it just to have it all sort of in a package and not distributed over about three months before we do our full recap, but I I like it. I like it a lot. All right. It's an auspicious start then. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but we have six more books. I was afraid that I would feel, like, too old for this. Mm. <laughs> like, this summer I actually read some of the Percy Jackson books for the first time, and... While I enjoyed those as well, I definitely did feel too old for those. Interesting. Like, I sort of missed my window to get into it. And this doesn't feel quite as much like that. This was enjoyed by people of all ages when it came out, so... Yeah, which says something about the the skill of the author. Again, cannot believe we are so positive on her for two episodes in a row, but this is, this is good. I think, we'll see, but I actually think that the ends of her books tend to be her strongest. I like the endings of all of the books. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> the actual, the end, the end, the end Nobody of the Nobody likes the epilogue. Know. You know what I mean. Nobody likes the epilogue. I don't the like epilogue. the epilogue. Everything else, I like the endings. Yeah. I like the ending before yeah. the epilogue. Yeah, so our next episode's gonna be, like, big, big thoughts. Sort of a book one wrap-up situation. We may take a break before then. Or we might take a break after then. We are going to take a little bit of a break before we start book two. But we are going to do same kind of breakdown for book two. It's about the same length. So three and four chapter sections. 
But we are going to so. stay with book one for a little bit, do a wrap up. If you have questions, please, please send us questions. And we will answer them on that wrap up. That's a good idea. Please do your best to avoid textual spoilers yes, in the questions. Although if you hint at spoilers, I'm sure Zoe and Adela can skirt their way around things. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could also send an ask on Tumblr mm -hmm. because I don't think he is really looking at our Tumblr. I do not check the Tumblr. Yeah, so you can also put it on our Tumblr, which is Pot or Not. Otherwise, feel free to tweet at us also at Pot or Not. We want to hear your questions. We'll try and, and go through some questions of our own and talk through our big, big thoughts about book one. Yeah. I'm very excited. And now, if you would like to join us, we're going to go and watch a scene from a Harry Potter musical, which I will also <laughs> link in the episode description. Yes. For your viewing pleasure. So thank you very much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Potternot, spelled the same way. Uh, I have been E. You can find me on Twitter at CEL10E and also on Twitch and YouTube, although with the holiday season, I am not going to be streaming for a while. I am Adela. You can find me on Twitter at Aridel, A-R-E-D-H-E-L underscore underscore. You can also find me on YouTube at Aridel Grace. And I sh should mention, I also have another podcast out. It's just a short little mini podcast uh, actual play of Fall of Magic. It's called Flight of Magic, and you can find it on Spotify for now and hopefully other places soon. And I have been Zoe. You can find me on Twitter at Zoe Topaz, Z-O-E-T-O-P-A-Z. You can find my book, Ostentatious, The Evolving World of Jane Austen Fans, wherever books are sold. You can follow our show at Potternot on Twitter and Tumblr. And our theme music is by the wonderful Morgan Jackson. You can find more of his music at wedidthetimeagain.bandcamp.com. Thanks for joining us for this journey. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>